Hi everyone, I'm Becky. And this is Claire. And welcome to another well, my voice <laughs> And welcome <laughs> to, to another episode of Podway. Yay. <laughs> um this is the podcast where we talk about things related to musical theaters and plays. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about the last five years. All right, so I think you should all just strap in and go with us on this roller coaster for a number of reasons. The first of which, obviously, my voice cracked, and <laughs> um, that doesn't mean that I'm going through like puberty, I suppose. But it does mean that both of us actually are really, really tired, and we're really, really excited to do this episode, and you'll see why it's special for us. But we're also a little bit tired this week, so if it's a little bit more mellow, or if it's a little bit more unhinged, which is the other way that might go with me I don't believe Claire will be unhinged but (laughs) um if it goes that way I guess you'll know why why is this one a little bit special for us Claire well this is actually kind of exciting too even though I might not sound like that but (laughs) it is actually quite exciting because is first time in a couple of years since we actually watched something together in a Mm -hmm. theater and we're fortunate enough to secure a seat in a local production here in Toronto. Olive um, Branch. Olive yes. Branch Theatre. Shout but, out to you guys. Yes, shout out to Olive Branch. Obviously, this is not sponsored, but they're absolutely fantastic. The production was great. Spoiler alerts. So if you <laughs> are in Toronto and you have the opportunity to see something from Olive Branch production, definitely go do it. So it was very, very special for us because we got to see it together. This was the very first production we've seen since the pandemic. The one we've seen before closing was Legally Blonde. I believe mm-hmm. we saw it in January 2020. Something like that, I think. Yeah. Anywho, so we actually got to see it in a local production theater, which we already mentioned. We already said which one. Definitely give them a look if you're in Toronto. But um, do you want to talk a little bit more about the experience of just watching something in theater again? This is not our first time going back to theater or watching it live, but it is definitely the first time watching it with a friend. So Mm -hmm. um, how was the experience for you, Claire? It was an interesting one. And I guess I should say this up front that thanks to Becky, I wouldn't have otherwise known that this production exists. So she literally texts me, be like, hey, do you want to go to this one? And I go like, yeah, why not? So that's <laughs> why it happened. That's how it happened. And I'm really glad I did because I don't really go to local theaters all that much or I don't think I have that much of exposure of even acknowledging that these exist or I don't follow them closely to see like what's on and what's not so we mentioned Legally Blonde we mentioned um obviously this one this episode the last five years like all these more local productions local theaters I knew them from Becky which is really great because otherwise I only go on you know the Mervish yes website (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I haven't been for a moment don't forget Crow Theater by the way which is also excellent for Ghost Quartet I know you give it a very low score but I didn't go watch it though Mm -hmm. yeah but it was like their like the link we paid for which we did um it was it was their theater and it was a recording of the production they had with like local um performers which is fantastic Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm Sorry, I also lost my train of thought again. Oh, sorry. I feel like <laughs> this episode, I should do my absolute best even more so not to cut you. And I definitely, definitely have the tendency to cut people. So I will try to preserve this for the sake of this one. Thank you. Thank you. Honestly, I don't even mind all that much that you're cutting me off, but I just lose my train of thought. So if I just sound like I'm, <laughs> I don't know, experiencing some sort of like, shortage of episodes or something like that that's uh that's just me okay okay <laughs> uh right talking about the experience of watching in a theater yes it was really <laughs> fun uh first of all because like I said I don't really go into local theaters all that much but in local theaters obviously it's less fancy you have very limited space you have very limited props even which is sort of great in its own way because it's not overwhelming Mm -hmm. and it's very close in the sense the physical distance between you and the stage is literally right there 
And you can see a lot of things up from, you can see a lot of things much more closely than let's say if you're watching like Phantom or Wicked, which I usually can only afford the cheapest ticket. So that means that I probably would not have seen anything really um <laughs> or if i do see anything is from a really far distance mm-hmm. so having that experience was great i think the experience of even just going to a local theater let me just tell you that this local theater looks nothing like a theater from the outside of it so oh, yeah. i literally have to look at my google map be like is this the place and i see people like keep going into this whole that looks like a factory of some sort. It does. Um, and it has a door <laughs> in there. People start parking there. Like there's like two people at the entrance looking for tickets. And I'm like, okay, maybe this is the place. So it's not fancy at all, but it has its charm, you know? And I think I appreciate it a lot because it's not something I'm used to very much. And I think a part of the reason why I did not know a lot of the musical shows is also because there are smaller productions, there's smaller theaters, there's smaller shows that are not like huge or super well advertised. And I sort of miss opportunities um, like that to, to mm-hmm. watch them. So I'm really grateful that you told me about this and then we actually did go to watch it together. So for me, it was a great experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. So do you want to tell about your special circumstances for your seating? <laughs> My seat. Oh, yeah. So I'm pretty sure if you guys have been to a local theater or anything that's more local and less fancy, you probably know that the seating arrangement, it really depends from, I guess, place to place. And in this case, it was a full house. They literally this is the only tickets we can get because all the other days were sold out. So very very popular super Sorry super to cut you. Yeah, I know I said it was okay but we were talking about it and as we were like discussing of getting tickets or not or like when to get tickets for we had a date and time in mind mm-hmm. and literally as we were texting about it it got sold out yeah um, from having like seats for us so I was like by the way, the plans we talked about for the time of day, those have to change. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah that happened. That happened. But I'm glad that we made it work. Some, uh, you made it end. work, I think. you. I felt really bad because I know you had to, to change your plans. Nah, it's um, okay. It's worth it. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, anyway, so back to my seating in the theater. You remember that one. That's great. I did. I did. I especially like was keeping in mind of it. Anyways, um, so there was this lady sitting in front of me, which is fine. Like literally you would have people sitting in front of you and that's okay. But her head literally was like oh, blocking me. No, no, no. About- I'm going to talk about that too. Okay. But that was, she head- was in front of me. <laughs> Just to her say, head was blocking like two thirds of my view, so mm. I literally have to move my head constantly depending <laughs> on where she's looking at, and I have to like just be a little bit more out so that I can actually see the stage. Mm. And if that's not the worst, because I have to constantly looking out for um to secure a spot when I actually can see the stage, there are two people sitting right behind me. And all this time during the entire, I think it was in like hour and 45 minutes. So during that entire time, they keep on just kicking my chair or do something at the back so that it will move my chair. And I will have to like, I literally would move my body like, Ugh. and then I could, <laughs> seriously, it was so annoying. I saw you were yeah. literally flying to the stage because <laughs> they kicked you so hard. I yeah. had to turn back and give them the evil eye, you know? <laughs> I turned back so many times and I don't think it did anything, which I feel like now that I'm thinking back to it, I should probably just have turned and literally said to their face and be like, can you please stop doing that? Because it's very distracting. It's very disrespectful mm-hmm. even. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did not have the guts to do it. And I want to enjoy the show as much as possible because literally yeah. I think the actors can see what's going on. Oh, yeah. So I don't want to you know, make them feel like I'm not paying attention or anything. But literally these two people behind me is what is keeping me from being able to concentrate and paying attention to what they're doing on stage. So shame on you, those two people. But uh, if you go to watch anything, really, it's not even about like a local production where you have like very limited space or anything. Even you're going to a movie, don't do that. It's very distracting. I mm-hmm. think in a movie, they um some sort of like 
advertisement or videos to say like stop doing that or stop in using your phone. Exactly. Yeah. Don't be Tommy don't do Texter. That. Yeah. <laughs> you remember? I don't oh, remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but don't do that. It's so annoying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my god. Right, yeah. I'm and- done. I'm done. No, no, it's well deserved. I literally remember the women kicking your chair. Oh my god, I would have flipped a switch and like gone off. Um, so you have amazing self control in that <laughs> regard. For me, you didn't mention that one, but I thought you're you were talking about her. Um, I actually was fortunate enough. I think you actually were the one to triage the thing for me, but um. I had better view than you did because I had to move one seat. So from one mm. of your side to the other side, and there was like a clearing in the path and I had like <laughs> a little bit of a better view. But the woman that was kind of in front of me, she was really feeling the music. She was really feeling the vibration. She was like enjoying her time, which is interesting. Um, not because the production wasn't great. It was great, but because the story is interesting in that regard. But um, she was... She just kept swaying she just kept swaying doing a little dance with her head and now that you talk about like not having view that could possibly be it she was just trying to like get a better view of the stage and I didn't consider it at all but um she just kept moving and it it looked like she was dancing like she was like she was moving in rhythm with the music so yeah that was that was just a tiny tiny mild annoyance um Mm. I had way worse than like others other uh, productions like in Mervish and Broadway and whatnot so mm-hmm. very very minor for me but yours mm-hmm. I feel so bad yeah I really should have said something but I let it slide and okay. I'm going to regret it but that's okay if that happened next time I know that I'm going to literally give them my most like intense evil face and hopefully <laughs> that will scare them off to behave yeah I honestly yeah. thought that would be the minimum standard where like that would be a common sense of what to do and what not to do. Mm-hmm. But apparently not. It's it's not something that people would just naturally get it. And some people I think is just not in their natural senses to be respectful. Yeah. Which is very unfortunate. But it's okay. That just requires a slight education, you know? Anyways, I am clearly <laughs> <laughs> being carried away. But yes, let's talk more about the production that we see. Okay, actually, before we continue more about the production, mm-hmm. I'm sure we were all very, very interested in the production and we will discuss it further. We should probably let people know what are we talking about. So um, for this one, it's going to be a little bit unusual. So I think you mentioned already the production was an hour and 45 minutes long. Mm-hmm. Technically, it was actually around an hour and a half, even less, because there was a 15-minute intro. Um, what is intermission Mm -hmm. so really it's a short musical as you can imagine and there is no dialogue at all it's all sung through so um very 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 short and it's not like a novelty for any specific production it is short as conceptually so for that reason and that reason only there will not be a very more in-depth I suppose uh, summary of the show we're just going to capture everything in a brief synopsis because there is very little plot so the last five years is the story of Jamie and Kathy's relationship from beginning to end essentially and that is spanning over five years hence the name Jamie tells the story in chronological order while Kathy tells it in reverse chronological order so from end to beginning it honestly, as we mentioned just now, doesn't have much of a plot. So let's just summarize it all now. From Kathy's perspective, it goes from Jamie moving out to um, just her first date with him. And then for Jamie, it's the opposite. So we start from their first date and it ends with him moving out of the apartment. Um, so a bit of a background on them. Jamie is a successful writer while Kathy is an actress, but she actually isn't doing too, too well. And their stories intersect in the middle during their wedding ceremony. And then it starts to worsen due to differing level of success, just different paths of their lives um, and careers. And it culminates in kind of the breaking point, which is Jamie cheating on Kathy. About the musical itself, the musical premiered in 2001 in Chicago and then moved to Off-Broadway in 2002. And since then, it had really, it had so many productions worldwide. Like if you look at the Wikipedia entry page, it just has like 
about half a page. It was just like the different productions. I toured in so many countries. It had so many different productions in the United States, obviously. So very successful over the 20 years it's been live, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And uh, in terms of awards, it won one Drama Desk Award for Outstanding Music and Lyrics, and it was nominated for five more categories. And was also nominated for a bunch of other awards that are less important I suppose um the musical was written by Jason Robert Brown who is actually pretty famous I think in the musical world he also wrote Parade and 13 amongst other things and he is also an author and this musical was based on his relationship with his first wife her name is Teresa Teresa I don't know how it's pronounced but I'm gonna go with Teresa O'Neill Fun fact about this one, actually. So she actually sued him for portraying the relationship too close to reality. Um, (laughs) Okay. So um, to settle out of that, he had to change a few details. Wait, why would that be a problem? Because she's not the one who cheated, per se. Yeah, so I think... From my understanding, again, obviously, I looked through Reddit to see what other people thought, um, not about the lawsuit, but about the musical itself. I think there was a huge shift in how people perceive Kathy and Jamie and how people perceive the musical. And it definitely became kinder and kinder to Kathy and people become became more critical of Jamie, according to at least what is said on Reddit. Um, So maybe in the beginning, which is obviously when the lawsuit happened, the culture was too different and uh, people weren't too sympathetic to her. But the culture today, obviously, uh, would view it a little bit differently compared Mm -hmm. to 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. So for that reason she sued him (laughs) I guess she didn't she didn't like the feedback or um what other people said about it or she just didn't like having that showcase to everybody I mean it's a lot of dirty laundry and I can understand her not wanting to have it out there and associated with her as well because she wants a career as an actress to be public public facing so I can understand having several reasons as to why she wouldn't want to be out there and so so mm-hmm. close to what it is so they changed a few details mainly one of the songs so um I forgot the previous name of the song I think it was I was waiting for someone like you before um might not be it but something along okay. those lines and it was changed to Shiksa Goddess but really minor change like instead of making her like roman catholic they just like you're not jewish and that's it (laughs) right right okay interesting i'm really curious because how could anyone even you know before the lawsuit and everything how could anyone watch it and be like oh this is solely kathy's fault for example and not to mention to like actually harass her per se or I don't know if she was harassed I don't know if this is the reason but at least from my understanding it was a shift in how people like saw them I have nothing to base this on necessarily Mm -hmm. um just based on what people say on reddit so Mm -hmm. obviously 20 years ago we didn't have like the consciousness to um look this over or even be aware of this musical so we didn't really realize what was happening at the time and we can't speak for it ourselves including culturally like we're six so i can imagine just because the 2000s were a different time that people would react differently to this kind of musical but currently the landscape is very very different but there are a bunch of other reasons why I mentioned she might not like the portrayal mm-hmm. so yeah okay so Claire what was your background with the last five years before seeing the show oh none no. <laughs> none have not heard of it, had not known about it, have not seen it, know nothing. Mm-hmm. But you clearly know about the show, right? I mean, you know that I know, but I wouldn't say clearly. <laughs> I mean, you um, mentioned it to me and be like, hey, I didn't this? mention it to you. So we did discuss the <laughs> musical right after watching it, obviously. Um, so Claire knows this. I don't think it was too, too transparent from what transpired so far in this podcast episode but I was familiar with the last five years beforehand obviously Mm -hmm. um so I knew three songs beforehand um the three songs were climbing uphill uh shiksa goddess and and I'm still hurting so Mm -hmm. these I knew everything else I didn't know I knew there was a movie with Anna Kendrick 
and I knew that the show was about a couple and their five-year relationship culminating in divorce. So apart from that, I didn't know anything at all, I'd have mm-hmm. to say. So um, I didn't listen to the discography and I didn't read up on the story. I didn't re- read up on the story at all until like watching it with you, but I didn't listen to the discography. Okay. Um, I'm assuming you didn't either before no. coming uh, to the performance. So you did say that y- you thought it was a little bit confusing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did. I know that from the way that we introduced the musical and everything, that it seems rather straightforward. And trust me, I thought it was straightforward too. And I was, you know, reading about it. I Becky told me about it. And I was thinking to myself, like, how hard can it be? Like, literally, there are only two people in this show. Oh, so you knew and, this beforehand? Because I didn't. Oh, I, when I was reading it. Oh, the so theater. you were reading it before. In the theater. Yeah. I see. Yeah. So I didn't think that I was going to have a hard time following it. But I think the fact that it was in reverse timeline kind of make me a little bit confused in terms of what's like at which stage of the relationship they are right now. So that was the confusing part. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's fair. I think the shtick of the show is obviously the opposing timelines and the intersection, the times they do intersect, mm-hmm. which is mainly the middle. And then for a brief period of time in the beginning, uh, the beginning for Kathy, not the beginning for Jeannie. Um, so these are kind of like a critical time period where they do intersect. And I think the fact that it's in reverse chronological order and then chronological order is super duper important for their characterizations because it gives them the maximum amount of likability from their own per- two perspectives. So for Jamie, if you start with the end of him cheating on Kathy, he would seem like an absolute asshole. And that's mm-hmm. really, really, really bad for the character. It's especially bad considering... Um, the writer of the show is essentially the character so he has reasons to want to maximize him being likable but I don't think he was biased in any way to be fair um, in this particular scenario but really if you think about it if you start reverse chronologically for Jamie it will be impossible he would be even more villain than he is and even less likable than he is for Kathy, she is she's just been cheated on. So she's like at her max likability. People definitely feel bad for a victim um, or somebody who has been cheated on like she has. So really, this is something that would put her in her most relatable state for the viewers. Mm-hmm. So I think it's kind of ingenious in a way uh, for several reasons for the writer to do what he did. Mm-hmm. I wonder how he came up with that idea. Just be like, oh, I want to, you know, write about, I mean, my relationship, obviously, and I'm going <laughs> to do it in a reverse timeline. Like, yeah. Okay. I think it makes sense because this musical has two characters. They mm. need to be captivating and they need to capture your attention and um, you you need to be able to sympathize with them and you would not be able to filing one of them as a villain and the other one as an angel Mm -hmm. so this is pretty much the only way he could achieve that Mm -hmm. unless he told both of them from a chronological order and because of the very little plot that this musical (laughs) has it makes it less interesting and a lot more banal Mm -hmm. that's fair okay so what did you think about the production value itself so i'm guessing correct me if I'm wrong, that you haven't seen the movie after we watch the show or you haven't seen another um, production of the show? No. Okay. Did you watch the movie? No, I didn't watch the movie, but I watched a different production of the show. (gasps) You did? Yeah. From where? uh, San Francisco Performing Arts. Oh. I watched that production after Mm -hmm. um, just to have my own comparison. I made some conclusions for myself. But if you haven't, do you want to discuss like the elements that you liked? And obviously we can discuss that a little bit more because we both watched it um, from the production that you have seen, the Toronto production. That's very broad. (laughs) That is very broad. Uh That is very broad. Yeah. Uh Do you have any? Maybe you can start. 
So there are several elements that I thought were really, really well done, production specific. So um, first of all, the strength of the cast in the Toronto production, phenomenal. The other production that I've seen, it's available on YouTube. Um, YouTube gods, please don't take it down. (laughs) It was very, very good. Um, The actors there were also great, but in a different way. Um, And we probably can discuss this when we talk about the characters a little bit more. So the strength of the the cast is absolutely, um, absolutely imperative for the show to be successful because without charismatic, likable, emotionally vulnerable cast, the show is going to be garbage because it has so little little other elements to um, depend on. Mm -hmm. So strength of the cast, absolutely. I really liked the set design. So we mentioned it's not a very big space. It does look a little bit like a hole in the wall. When I went there, I went there um, through, like I took an Uber from the station and um, the Uber driver wanted to drop me at like the bar next door because he's like, oh, surely you're going there. And I was like, no, it's supposed to be like a theater. So <laughs> he went a little bit further. It was like 183. It says 183 on the Uber address. Let's go there. So yes, <laughs> definitely very small uh, of a space, but they made it work really, really well with the lighting, with a prop. They made it kind of look like a homely kitchen and uh, living room space. So they put like a sofa, they put a refrigerator. Um, That was great. The element of being interactive, because it's such a small theater and it's um, more of a, I don't know, there is a more intimate feel to it. Mm -hmm. So they took advantage of that by interacting with the audience members, which Mm -hmm. was great. And I don't think I've seen that to the same extent in another production. And obviously it wouldn't exist in the movie, for example. And uh, the last thing is the costuming. So obviously this musical is very deeply rooted within reality, but um, they still managed to do a lot of costume changes, especially for Kathy's character. The only costume change that I've really, really seen um, in the other production was the same one that they had in the musical for the wedding the Toronto production for the wedding which is she wears like something that is at least a little bit reminiscent of a wedding dress um and she wears it underneath a big black blazer and um she takes down the blazer she takes it off or whatever she gives it to um Jamie's character and he wears it for their wedding ceremony to make it look a little bit more like a tuxedo. So that was really, really nice. But they had a number more costume changes for Kathy. And I think a little bit more for Jamie um, for the Toronto production. So that was an element I really, really appreciated. So yeah, those are just to name a few. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, that's fair enough. Yeah, I think we talk about it right after we finish watching the the show and mm-hmm. we can agree on a lot of things and one thing that really stood up to me is something that you also mentioned that the fact that they engaged the audience in a very natural way I think it was the beginning of act two when Jamie's character invites one of the audience sitting in the front row and literally it feels like a chat it feels mm-hmm. like somebody just come up to you in a bar and ask you how have you been and he jokes about oh are you together asking if the audience and the girl that I guess he was with and if they're romantically involved and he jokes about it a little bit and he very smoothly transitioned into talking about his own relationship and transitioned into the song which I thought was so perfect because even the actor himself he just seems so chill mm-hmm. um the way that he invites him up on the stage he offers him the beer even and to just started talking about it, started singing even. And so in the middle of the song that he asked the person to go back to the scene and he even said something like, oh, enjoy the beer or something. So yeah. it just everything just seems so smooth. It feels very casual. It feels very approachable. It's very, very nice in a sense because it's funny too like it's fun Mm -hmm. to see that they're trying to engage with you and even later down the song like he tries to flirt or at least he gives this look to another lady sitting in the front row which is also really funny (laughs) yeah 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 so I like it about that and I think that's the unique advantage of um having it in a local production a local theater is the fact that literally the distance between you and the stage, the actor, the show, is so minimum to the point that 
you feel like you're part of it. And in this case, for the person who got asked to come out to the stage, that he was part of it, and that's amazing feeling.、Mm-hmm. It's very very nice. So that's definitely something that stood up to me. And I agree with you. The costume changes. Was very impressive in the sense that it's not very fancy. First of all, it's very daily casual clothing. But the fact、yeah. that they do change a lot give you the sense of a sense of time moving forward or backward in this case, I guess. Yeah. But they do change almost in every single song, so it feels like it's not just like oh they're in the same outfit and now they're in a different time or point of their relationship, and it's super confusing. Because、yeah. it's every single song, even it's like Jamie's songs. Kathy will be in a different outfit, and you、mm-hmm. will know that it is something different, or like、yeah. it was a different time. So、yeah. that's something that I really like, and it helped me to sort of visualize where they are, when they are in the relationship, and make it less confusing to me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think that they really thought it through. So, for example, one thing that I noticed was whenever they are at their Breakup point. So for Kathy, it would be the first song. For Jamie, it would be the song before the last. They would be in kind of like matching outfits. So they'd be in、um, a black、uh, tank top, both of them. So like for him, it would be like a black white feet and、uh, white beaters or something. And then for her, it would be like a black tank top. So you can really see that this is the breakup outfit, and you can、mm-hmm. see where they are. At their current like point of their relationship, just based on the outfit alone. Not only that, outfits that they're wearing also mirror who they are as people a lot. So there is a lot of characterization that is just involved in the outfit. So, for example,、um, Kathy would wear something that is a little more, I would say, like showy. Compared、mm-hmm. to Jamie, who is very much like a hoodie person, to show that he's more chill,、um, so she puts more effort into things, and he just kind of get the vibe of everything falling into his lap, all the success and all that kind of stuff. And I think that really communicates a lot about their different realities as people too. And that was thought of through the clothing choices that they wore. So really love to see that. But、um, you did mention it was a really great point about how Jamie's actor,、uh, I believe his name is Seth Zosky in this production. He was fantastic in my opinion. He had a lot of、uh, interactions with the. Audience, and I think he's actually the main person who interacted with the audience.、Mm-hmm. Um, for me, what really striked me about that performance and about that point in the performance is how charismatic he is and how likable he can be as a person. And I feel like not having that element in Jamie、uh, because of lack of interactions or because of different interpretation of the character makes him a lot less likable as a character. You relate to him less, and you understand his point of view a lot less as well. So that was really critical for me to be able to like not see him as a complete villain by the end of the musical. Just to see how he can be likable, how he can do great things, and how these are just specific points in their story, and they might not reveal everything about the relationship. For example,、mm-hmm. did you think it was like a critical thing for you to witness as well? Was it just a fun bonus? Or honestly, I feel like if anything, it makes me believe Kathy when she says that I don't want to go to a party where you're going to flirt with other people. More <laughs> because we do see how friendly, even flirty, that he can be. Yeah,、um, it's very easy for him to start a conversation with a stranger. He's very sociable. He's very like a people person. So I definitely can buy that、um, when she says it. So I I don't think it's going to make me like him more or. That's actually wrong. I think it <laughs> definitely makes me like him more, but it wouldn't affect like how I see him. Like, oh my god, now I'm so convinced that you're definitely like a flirty jerk.、Um, that Kathy is right. Like nothing like that. Just more like, oh, he's fun. You know, like adds more charisma and adds more personality to the character.、Mm-hmm. On that note, so you did seem very like incredible that people would have any kind of like. Questions towards Kathy and her behavior in the relationship.、Um, do you think of Jamie as like completely 
in the wrong, him being completely villainized. Do you have any positive thoughts regarding Jamie? Are they complicated? Oh, yeah. I have a lot of positive things about Jamie. I don't think he's in the wrong or at fault entirely. Mm -hmm. Um, I just think, like, the two of them were not ready for Mm -hmm. marriage, you know? Because it just seems like they're very much still in their own space and they're trying to work on themselves and marriage to me is not a way to escape from your current reality it's more like you're sure you want a future with each other but then for me it's like Kathy sort of used this marriage as a way to prove that she is no less than some of friends sometimes or or Jamie is using this as one of his accomplishments like Oh, how successful he is. He publishes a book. Now he finds the girl that he loves and he has this apartment with her and everything's going the right direction. So I don't know how solid the foundation mm-hmm. it was, but considering it is five years, I do feel like it's really hard to just pinpoint and be like, it's entirely Jamie's fault. Like, I think it's very easy to blame the guy just be like, oh, he's the one who cheats. Like, obviously it's going to be his fault. But there's a lot of things that I. Um, that was underlying during their relationship even before the cheating thing happened that was already very problematic Um, so you can see how for example Jamie doesn't feel supported and Kathy either is out of jealousy or she doesn't feel like she was equal in the relationship that she feels very disappointed when Jamie couldn't even spend a night with her on her birthday, which I think is a very normal thing to ask for, you know? Mm -hmm. So definitely, I don't think it's either of their fault entirely. But what about you? Do do you feel like you have a tendency towards liking Jamie or Kathy one or the other? Um, I definitely sympathize with Kathy in terms of, I do think it's Jamie's fuck up to end it once and for all because before the cheating they would have had a chance to reconcile their differences um of the feeling of jealousy between them mainly from Kathy's end or the feeling of being dismissed for his accomplishments or not being um congratulated from Jamie's uh perspective so just to work on the mutual support that they give one another they have a whole song dedicated to it uh, of how Jamie does want to give her the support and does believe in her and whatnot but um, it can be one thing to say it and it can be another thing to show it um, or for her to trust that so it's not just like one song then it solves it all and communicates everything from both of them, of course. Mm-hmm. So before the cheating, they would have had a chance in the way that it's conveyed so far, even though they had definitely, definitely had their problem. After the cheating, that kind of is the final nail in the, nail in the coffin. There is no coming back from it, really. I mean, there are cases where it happens but it's not that common necessarily so he is definitely the reason why they ended things for good but they were certain problems way beforehand that are very human and very real in both of their cases and again before the cheating I could totally see things from both of their perspectives and sympathize with both of them I can still do that after but it definitely leans more towards sympathizing with Kathy just because of a clear transgression, breaking a vow, which is something that Jamie said in his own words um, in, in the song when he cheats. Mm-hmm. So he does that knowingly. There are some warning signs before, like encouraging the flirting in a song that he previous two songs he had. So it's not out of the blue, mm-hmm. but they were very, very young. So in his first song, no, sorry, in his second song. I probably should say what these are. And so just saying first, second, like you guys know, <laughs> if you're not familiar with this, there's a reason why we do summaries. Um, moving too fast. And moving too fast, he mentions to his agent that he's 23. So this is around the time that they start moving in together. So it's probably a little bit into the relationship. They probably got married at around 24. And if he was 23 at that point, they ended things by the time he's 28. 
28 is before the average age of marriage currently. So it is very, very young from both of them. I'm assuming they're either the same age um, or around the same age. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't tend to be super optimistic about people who marry too young. Um, so I think it is definitely a compounding amount of things. But I find before the cheating, the differences they have in just like the jealousy or feeling invalidated, that is so human. And I really, really appreciate seeing that on the stage. Mm -hmm. Um, How about Kathy? I do feel bad, not just because of the fact that she was being cheated on, but also the fact that she feels that inequality that she feels in this relationship how Mm -hmm. she's the one having to play catch up and I think it's interesting because in the wedding song I can't remember the name actually um, Uh, it's the next 10 minutes right in that song she says I'm always late and so that's something that I can't promise but if you wait for me eventually I'll get there or something along those lines yeah and I think it's interesting because in that song, you see the promise of be like, yeah, of course, like being late is your only weakness, of course. But when she's actually not catching up in terms of the career progress, it's just hard. It's hard for Jamie, it's hard for Kathy, especially. I think mm-hmm. she's really trying, really struggling to make sure that she's at the same level. But sometimes you just not, are not. And I can relate because. So my boyfriend recently changed job <laughs> and the, in this new job, he is getting paid much more than what our expectation was. So we have sort of like an expectation about, oh, by which age we should be probably making how much and things like that. And this is like a jump from that number already, mm-hmm. which I'm really, really happy for him but at the same time obviously there's also that pressure be like oh now I need to play catch up now I need to make sure my next move is going to shorten that gap between where I am where and where he is right now Mm -hmm. but I think the only difference in this case not to brag but like we have been together for much longer than just five years Mm -hmm. so I think it, it makes me to be able to see us as more like a team But I can get also when people feel really insecure about where they are. And that is not to say that their relationship or love for each other is not strong enough. It's just sometimes you have that insecurity about yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think it's something that she needs to work on by herself. It's not something that Jamie can provide. But the fact that Jamie is out there flirting with other girls is definitely not going to help. So I can really sympathize with her. And in her case, she just needs more time. But time is not given to her in this case so it just makes it a lot more relatable and a lot more realistic even to Mm -hmm. to see how she is not able to provide the support that Jamie is seeking because she needs to spend that time working on herself first and that is why I said that I don't think it's the right timing for them to get married because obviously they're not in the right stage yet exactly yeah 100% agree um, for Kathy, just because we did talk a little bit about Jamie's um, acting, the acting I see for Kathy is very different between two versions. And I think it kind of is up to you to decide which version you like better. I personally preferred the Toronto version because she was really animated. She was very, her strength with was definitely like acting she was a fantastic singer but she was a great actress and she imbued that into the songs into the lyrics into how she conveyed emotions through it and I think for me it made her a lot more relatable um, and a lot more likable I've seen a lot of other people either sing the song which usually is climbing uphill or I'm still hurting or I think the song is actually called still hurting now that I have it in front of me um before with a lot of melancholy so they make her into a very subdued melancholic almost type of character mm-hmm. I do enjoy the animated kind more just because that's something that I could relate to more I that's something that I could understand more about the characters or the character in this case so that is my preference but I think the other interpretation is completely valid too it what is your favorite song Oh, good question. I know it's the same in this case, but yes. 
honestly, I feel like I changed my opinion a oh, little bit after because I went back to listen to it. And yeah, like another song kind of sort of like stuck with me now. So I really like I can do better than that too. Mm-hmm. I think what's the song that we both enjoyed? I think it's a it's the audition song. Oh, that's that's the one we, that I was saying. That was your favorite before when we discussed yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah what yeah. was that called again? Climbing Uphill. Right, 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 right. So I really enjoyed the bow of them. Mm-hmm. Which they're both Kathy songs. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. She has yeah. fantastic songs for sure. Yeah. Um, Climbing Uphill is my favorite. Um, it's the one that I've known first. I've known it from years and years and years ago. I think I actually saw Miranda sings sing it first perform it first that's not her real name it's a it's a youtube channel i never watched any of her youtube videos myself mm-hmm. but she was a youtube personality so i knew of her and i knew she was a performer and this is like what i've seen from her mm-hmm. uh she also played dawn in waitress oh okay yeah so she's like a broadway performer originally but she's mega successful on youtube so i've seen that and then i've seen the Anna Kendrick performance of this and I've listened to the cast recording now I have beef with the cast recording I don't really like it myself all that much I think if what we've seen was the cast recording version just going based on the music alone I would have liked the musical a lot less I don't think they're as charismatic which is really important for me uh, for Jamie specifically and as emotional which I prefer from uh, Kathy so in the musical abilities not to say anything like that on them like they're still fantastic singers they can do so much better than anything I could possibly dream of um I prefer the vocal uh, the voices of the two we've watched um in, in yes. person in Toronto okay. so yeah I have a bit of beef with the two off-Broadway mm-hmm original cast <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. no this is fantastic to hear because that means that the one that we went to watch in person was really good yeah and yeah if you told me that yeah you know what the version that we watched is my least favorite and all the other ones are so much better i'll be like okay what the what the heck now i need to like spend time and actually go back to like either listen to it or to watch it but no our version is the best so you go toronto i mean from what i've seen uh, and the version I've seen on YouTube was also very strong, very, very, very char- charismatic Jamie. He did a fantastic job. The actress who played Kathy was also very good. She played it in a little bit more of the depressed way, mm-hmm. but it's still a fantastic performance. So both of them did amazing. But I do have preferences for the one we've seen. So you're right mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. And I am a little bit resentful of the original Off-Broadway <laughs> I feel terrible saying this because again, they're fantastic. They're talented. I'm sure they're so, so capable. Um, I just didn't jive with that performance for the characters for whatever reason could be Mm -hmm. completely personal and other people would have different opinions. Didn't Mm -hmm. work for me. And she, uh, her name is AJ Bridal. She was fantastic. Absolutely great. And she has an upcoming voice acting uh, role. She's in like, my little pony or something let me see where she she have song in it voice of pip pedals in my little pony coming to netflix on may 26 which is soon um i have no idea i've never watched anything of my little pony so (laughs) i'm not really sure if it's a singing role or if it's only like voice acting i hope there is singing because she was really good okay um, yeah. and I will want to watch will... something from her again sorry yeah oh saying? yeah yeah for sure hopefully she will come to Olive Branch again I mean she's based in Toronto and there are only so many theaters in Toronto <laughs> uh I think she was in Mervish in a Mervish production too oh really yeah she had a role in like a tv series on the CBC Murdoch Mysteries I've heard of that one she was Lauren in Kinky Boots in Mervish but and I know one song from them maybe two. oh okay but it is on our list mm-hmm. so she's obviously no longer there because Kinky Boots is not showing in Toronto currently but she has that in her credits the actor's name AJ Bridal for Kathy Seth Zosky for Jamie fantastic actors I really love going back to the song except for climbing uphill 
I also really enjoyed um, The Next 10 Minutes. It was such a beautiful song, a really, really tender moment, which is the moment they intersect. Um, I also like the moment they intersect in Goodbye Until Tomorrow and I Could Never Rescue You. Mm-hmm. So it was really good. But I really, really like uh, the next 10 minutes. I thought it was cute, romantic. The ending for it when she asks if they can go see the dinosaurs yeah. was so, so amazing. Um, such a clever way to do it. Speaking of the lyrics themselves, very, very clever um, in the way they're written musically. There is a lot of echoes between the two of them to show what place they are emotionally and how they're still connected as people, even though they're going through all these uh, turmoils in their relationship. Um, there is a lot of mirroring for the lyrics too. So they did a he did a fantastic job writing um, the music and lyrics for this, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, I don't know. There was one, it's, it's a small comment from me, but I thought it was hilarious. Um, and I'll tell you why. So that mm-hmm. you were very confused by, uh, Shakes the Goddess as a song. I remember mm-hmm. because you're like, why is he saying I'm your Hebrew slave? And I was like, oh, right. you missed the entire <laughs> purpose of the song. I see. Um, so I thought, oh, you know, it's because you're not familiar with like Jewish culture or whatnot. Um, then I told the story obviously to, uh, my brother and sister, because I oh, thought no. they'll have a bit of a laugh. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> not at your expense or anything, but um, just because I thought it was a little bit amusing. And then Emma says to me, what is Shiksa? I was like, oh, you are like whitewashed. <laughs> you have no <laughs> idea. That's so funny. So I feel like this will be good vindication for you because uh, apparently she didn't know what it was either. Yes. Uh, I'm not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone. Um, and for pe- other people who are similarly confused, I am not even 100% sure that's what it means. But culturally, I think this is probably what it means. Uh, it's just a non-Jewish woman. And obviously saying that he is a Jewish guy. So, yeah, that is a funny little thing that I thought was cute in the way you <laughs> asked it. Um, but apart from that, any other memorable things from the production, from the lyrics? Oh, another cute little comment that we both noticed because we covered Hamilton just a week before this. Can you believe? I feel like we're so much more organized for Hamilton. Um, we had everything, you know, together. <laughs> That's for lack true. of a better word. That's true. But for the cheating song, which is Nobody Needs to Know, there is a line that is obviously nobody needs to know that exists both in Hamilton and in this current one, the last five years. And it sounds very, very similar to obviously this came before Hamilton. I'm not accusing Lin-Manuel Miranda of plagiarizing or anything, but I'm wondering if it was like a clever nod towards um, this musical or if it was just completely coincidental because obviously he's like a musical fanboy no denying anybody who like undertakes writing a musical is obsessed with musicals so I wouldn't think it's that unlikely that it would be like a special nod towards the last Mm. five years do you like the music itself we discussed this a little bit and I guess I can go first by mentioning Mm. what I said but I found that there are a few songs that I really enjoyed um, from this musical. So I really enjoyed, um, obviously, Climbing Uphill and um, The Next 10 Minutes. I also really enjoyed part of that to it. A, a portion of part of that and a portion of Shakes the Goddess was also a lot of fun. Um, it's much better than the song that was there before. The song was that was there before was less like energetic, less lively. So I'm glad that she sued him and made the change because uh, it made it stronger. But apart from those, which I did think were strong, I found the rest of the songs good. Like they're definitely okay. Nothing bad about them, but they weren't very exciting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I did enjoy the poppiness of the musical and especially knowing it's from like 2001 it's probably like a real trailblazer for introducing pop to the musical sphere um, especially for the Schmuel song for Christmas uh, that was super duper poppy and the actor who played Jamie in the production we've seen took it to even like a more of a pop song uh, song um, feel for it. So I thought it was really nice. I enjoy that kind of style. 
Uh, but he has songs that are more serious too. They're obviously very rooted in musical theater. I think Climbing a Hill is a great example of that. Um, so I would say the songs overall were decent mm-hmm. um, by the most part. And then some of them were great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you completely sort of spoke my mind, honestly. I think most of it are okay. There are songs I obviously enjoy but for the most part, I'm not really blown away by yeah. the songs. So they're okay. I don't think they would be in a tier where it's the I'll add it to my playlist right away type of mm-hmm. good. Um, but I did not suffer. And I feel like I've been saying that a lot in, lately in the episodes that I did not suffer. And that's a good thing. It means that that's... it's not horrible. <laughs> it means it's not horrible, but it's mean, it also means it's not great. It's not great, but it's okay. It's really hard to find a musical where almost every song is in a great category. I, think. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. And those obviously have a special place in our hearts and a special place in our ranking list. Which um, we still need to do. Yeah. I mean, we obviously rank all the episodes, but um, we'll see how much of that would change, I guess, sometime mm-hmm. down the line. Um, but yeah, I think from the music perspective, we thought it was decent, decent to good, depending on the song. How about the story? I know we kind of talked about it before. I also know you're very much a plot person and less so a character person. So did you really feel that kind of gaping hole in the plot? It's not too bad. And I think I did not want to criticize too much of the, about the stories. The fact that they only have two people. So yeah. they involve more cast members then I probably would have the criticism of being okay this whole thing is rather really straightforward and it's very boring but then the fact that they keep it very simple I think helps me to see the focus of the story and on the story that they do want to tell so I don't really have a problem with that obviously I prefer complex interesting plot twist stories but for the sake of the natural the the nature of this musical I don't mind it at all okay yeah what do you think about the story though I think I don't know I always say this I feel but I think it supports my thoughts pretty well I don't gravitate towards these kind of stories necessarily because it has elements that I don't love for example the infidelity and the fact that it doesn't end with a happy ending um but I didn't mind the story too too much especially because it is based on real life events I saw flaws in both of them but they weren't like horrible they weren't like a torture porn which is really the point that I hate most when it comes to tragedies I wouldn't even classify this necessarily as a tragedy it's a slice of life which is why it has so little plot so the story was totally fine with me I appreciate it pretty much only for the depth that it gives the characterization so I'm kind of the opposite of you I obviously would like a great plot it would be a bonus but getting to know the characters more is more important to me so having that kind of additional depth which the story imbued in the characters was really really meaningful so I enjoyed that aspect of it Mm -hmm. Um, thank you thank you for validating that I feel like if there was more validation from both of them this wouldn't have (laughs) (laughs) no Becky this is really great I appreciate that feedback so meaningful Thank you so much, Claire. And I know you're doing fantastic and great things are meant in your future. And (laughs) you can count on me for being there for birthdays and for a show. I will come and see your show. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh, hang on. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I made myself Jamie in this case. Yeah, why do you just assume? I think it's because you took it to a cafe route. So I was like, okay, well, what's the other one? There are only two. No, no, it's okay. We can both be Kathy. <laughs> there we go. Oh. Yeah, so I guess maybe we can move on to the quiz yes. portion. Do we have a quiz for this? <laughs> we do. Imagine if it was a quiz, which character are you there to? Oh um, my god, that would be so funny. It's not that kind of quiz. <laughs> okay, okay, perfect. Because in today we're going to do, do you know... 
the last five years quiz. I hate this kind of quiz. And this fun. This is from fun trivia. All right. Um, I haven't taken this quiz before. Obviously, I came twenty minutes before we started recording. Hence the <laughs> discombobulation. Obviously, Claire acts surprised, but she knows this because I told her. So I'm calling you out. But we all know that Norbert Leo Butts played Jamie, and Cher Renee Scott played Kathy in the Off Broadway show. Um, but who played Kathy before the show came to Off Broadway? Sarah Gettlefinger, Amy Spanger, Kristen Chenoweth, imagine Lauren Kennedy. Oh, I, I, I don't know. I really don't know.、Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly don't know. I'm gonna go with Sarah. I'm gonna go with Lauren. Okay. Where is Kathy when she sings "See I'm Smiling"? A pier. A car, a car, a car, a shop, a park.、Oh, is this referring to the movie or just? No, no, no. She, she, she said. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Okay. Or it's acted out. I think. <gasps> I think I remember, but it could be full of shit. I do、so. not remember at all. I'm don't. I'm so going to fill this quiz. Um. Okay. 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 Um. A a, a shop. Okay, I'm gonna go with up here.、Mm-hmm. At what point in the show are Kathy and Jamie at the same point in time? We、oh, only said、okay. five times throughout this podcast.、Yes. <laughs> so, Shiksa Goddess, goodbye until tomorrow. I can do better than that. The next ten minutes. The next ten minutes. Yay!、Oh, finally, something I know. Kathy cheats on Jamie. <laughs> this is just to check if we had a pulse while watching this. True or false? False. Yeah, <laughs> Jamie may be using hyperbole, but how far is he from his mother's heart in the song "Shiksa Goddess"? Shit, this is referring to one of the lyrics, isn't、mm-hmm. it? I I don't know. Ninety. I'm gonna go with ninety-two. I don't remember this either, but I think one hundred miles doesn't fit in with the rhythm of the songs. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, when Jamie begins to daydream, what does he eat a lot of? This one I remember. It was、Is、very memorable. Doritos. Doritos.、Oh, sorry, I already said it. <laughs> nachos, Cheez-Its, and you are right, Doritos.、Um, and they, yeah. yeah, it was really good the way that they staged it in the、um, in the musical that we've seen. According to Kathy, who plays Tavia in Porgy in Ohio, Wayne, Carl, Ted, Frank. I know I which one. It's not. Have absolutely no idea. I'm gonna go with Wayne because I have a colleague called Wayne. Okay, it's not Wayne. Wayne is the shame. Okay, <laughs> so I'm gonna go with Frank. <laughs> What publishing house is keeping Jamie on the phone and in his office? Random House,、oh. Bantam Books, Simon and Schuster, Athenium. <laughs> I don't even know how to pronounce that one. You probably pronounce it right. Um, Athenium. I'm gonna go、yeah. with Simon and Schuster. Okay, because、okay. Will Schuster from Glee, and that's our Glee for the episode.、Uh-huh. Uh, Shmuel the tailor lived 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 in the small town of Klimovich. True or false? True. True. Finally, how many children do Jamie and Kathy have? One biological child, one adopted child, and one biological. One adopted child, none. 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 Submit my answers. Oh, that's sad. Ah,、uh, I got. What did you get? Uh, does it say in the very bottom? Okay, okay, I pass. Yay! I pass. Good job. Right, I scored below the average, which is seven out of ten, but I passed with a score of six out of ten. I got eight out of ten, and I scored above average. The average score is seven out of ten. Good for you. Good、Thank、for you. Thank you. What we got wrong? We got wrong. The Tavia and Porgy in Ohio.、Uh, his name is Carl, not Frank. And the publishing house is Random House, not Simon and Schuster, and not Athenium or whatever it was.、Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's the quiz portion of the episode. And shall we go into our final ranking? Sure. Based on the production that we watch, I'll give it a seven out of ten. Doritos. Okay, 
I'm going to give it 6.5 out of 10. I knew you'd go with Doritos and that's what I wanted to do too. <laughs> but I'd give it 6.5 out of 10. Wayne the Snake. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. And of course, this is based on the whole thing as a package deal. If you have a chance, I feel like it definitely sounds sponsored. I promise you, I would have loved it if they sponsored us. But if you have a chance, go watch anything by Olive Branch. Um, they're fantastic. Um, and support AJ Bridal, apparently, in the My Little Pony thing. And Seth Zosky in whatever he does. So, <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that is this episode. <laughs> very disorganized, very chaotic. I hope you enjoyed it still. Um, if you want to discuss anything related to this episode with us, anything that we've talked about in the past, or you want to give us recommendations, and you want to do it specifically through our social media, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Reddit under Podway Podcast. If you are not a social media person, neither are we. You can talk to us at podwaypodcast at gmail.com. We definitely will reply there. Um, if you can also find within your heart to give us a rating on Spotify, especially, but anywhere else that you listen to us, uh, write us a review, a cheeky little review. We'd really, really appreciate that because it will help other people notice us and get to know us. And this might not be the best episode to present to them, but it is what it is. So please. we would so appreciate please. <laughs> if you could do that. Um, other than that, we hope you have a great rest of your afternoon and morning and evening whenever you listen to us. But uh, yeah, bye. <laughs> bye.